Poor Daisy, she said, I dropped in just now, and really I found her very odd and strange. What with her crazes for Christian science and uric acid and gurus and mediums, one wonders if she is quite sane. So sad, I should be dreadfully sorry if she had some mental collapse. That sort of thing is always so painful. But I know of a first-rate place for rescuers. I think it would be wise if I just casually dropped the name of it to Mr. Robert in case. And this last craze seems so terribly infectious. Fancy Mrs. Weston dabbling in palmistry. It is too comical. But I hope I did not hurt her feelings by suggesting that Peppino or you wrote the manual. It is dangerous to make little jokes to poor Mrs. Weston. Georgie quite agreed with that, but did not think it necessary to say in what sense he agreed with it. Every day now Lucia was pouring floods of light on a quite new side of her character, which had been undeveloped, like the print from some photographic plate lying in the dark so long as she was undisputed mistress of Rhizom. But so it struck him now, since the advent of Olga, she had taken up a critical, ironical standpoint which previously she had reserved for Londoners. At every turn she had to criticise and condemn, where once she would only have praised. So few months ago there had been that marvellous Hightum garden party, when Olga had sung long after Lady Ambermere had gone away. That was her garden party, the splendour and success of it had been hers, and no one had been allowed to forget that until Olga came back again. But the moment that happened, and Olga began to sing on her own account, which, after all, so Georgie thought she had a perfect right to do, the whole aspect of affairs was changed. She romped, and Rhizom did not like romps. She sang in church, and that was theatrical. She gave a party with the Spanish quartet, and Brinton was publicly credited with the performance. Then had come Mrs. Quantock and her princess, and... Lo, it would be kind to remember the name of an establishment for rescuers, in the hope of saving poor Daisy's sanity. Again, Colonel Boucher and Mrs. Weston were intending to get married, and consulted a palmist's manual, so they too helped to develop, as with acid, the print that had lain so long in the dark. Poor thing, said Lucia, it is dreadful to have no sense of humour. And I'm sure I hope that Colonel Boucher will thoroughly understand that she has none before he speaks the fatal words. But then he has none either, and I have often noticed that two people without any sense of humour find each other most witty and amusing. A sense of humour, I expect, is not a very common gift. Miss Bracely has none at all, for I do not call romping humour. 